What's up, boys and girls, ladies, gentlemen, children of all ages, hopefully yeah. not too young. Mm. We swear like fucking banshees. I've never, ever. You might not have. I don't think you said. That's not true. I feel like a swear coming out of you is like, is like really meaningful. Like a swear coming out it's of the rest meaningful? of us. It's meaningful? Yeah, like. You should like, hear me in the kitchen. It's like when you swear. That's not meaningful Oh, that's, that's something completely different though. Like, that's a whole different planet. Like if you're not swearing at your food. Or you're not swearing at the fact that you just like seared your hand like seven different times. Yeah, it's. I actually I think at work I say more swears in Spanish now, because because <laughs> all my employees are Spanish. So. I'm getting close to that actually. I lost like two of my guys, and I think all my really? Brazilian or like Spanish speaking, it's like. It's like I still appreciate all of you. Well, it's funny because I had all Spanish for a while, so like I I know enough and i can at least conduct kitchen conversations to you know to sure. get stuff by and then we started getting some more like brazilian so like you get the portuguese and now i'm more confused because it's like another language i have to like separate because it's not the same it's close but it's not the same so like my but luckily my sous chef his wife is, Port is brazilian so he speaks portuguese and spanish so i'd be like okay if i said atrás do they know that means behind them or am i going to offend them like no 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 they'll get that I'm like okay <laughs> so I don't like you know overstep or understep or whatever I learned all my Spanish in like six days in Punacana <laughs> it basically taught me how to like order a drink and like get a cigar yeah yeah I can just I can offend people and then ask them what the chicken is polo <laughs> it's pollo Wait, sorry my mother does that and she's like I'll get the polo I'm like like the how shirt, dare you? like the shirt company how like a, dare like a polo? you well, hey guys, welcome back to the Heavy Metal Over Six Pack Podcast. It's been a while. It's How you been, been? It's been a bit. How have you guys been? How have you guys been, the listeners? Tell us. Please respond. Please. Please? Send an email. Fuck you, people. You don't even. <laughs> this is. Like, when's the last time? You... the worst. <laughs> when's the last time you checked the email? <laughs> it's probably like four months uh, of backlog. Well, it's, it's. So, mine's mixed in. So, I have, uh, I have like an app that has all three. So, it's uh, Heavy should... Metal and then my personal. And then my other you're, personal, because I have two. You're a way better man than I am, because so, I have to actually log into it. To see yeah, yeah, so I'll get notifications randomly. I believe our buddy uh, John Shoemaker reached out again. Hey, John, I, I promise I'll get caught up like very soon. It's been a, it's been a weird summer. It's been over, yeah. It's been yeah, we've been getting rained and poured on. And and then Lemonster was underwater. That was cool. By cool, like it wasn't cool. I was actually uh, coming home from a Boston Red Sox game. During that, a game that got rained out. Did you get stuck in that? It was actually a bummer because, like, we got these really awesome tickets. It was like literally three rows back from the field, and the dugout was like right on the right side, and like it would have been the best tickets I've ever seen in a baseball game. <laughs> and then it 
we had an hour and a half rain delay, and then they're like, yeah, we're not going to play. <laughs> and then it proceeded to take me two and a half hours to get home from Boston at 10 o'clock at night because I knew that Route 2 was closed because yep. of the Lemonster flooding. Yeah. So I decided to go further north and avoid Route 2. Okay. But it turns out those towns were basically closed, too. Yeah. Because everybody was getting like flood. Like, so the whole... All of New England, like, washed away. The pictures are wild. Like, oh, the, the, uh, the highway, Route 2, like, kind of by, like, where the mall is. Like, the pictures, like, you see just, like, the tops of cars. Oh, it was The insane. clowns are actually, it's like, I can get through this. <laughs> and then they're underwater. Like, there was people like, sitting on the roof of the car. It's like, the, the water was, <laughs> like, 10, like, 10 feet below the freaking yeah, bridge. Yeah, because <laughs> it goes down. It's like a valley. Uh, it was, it was did you see the unreal. we have a restaurant called the fix or oh, we did and i saw a video there so they have like they're a little bit below like ground level and then they, i know they have a basement below that and the window was blown open and the water is just like rivering oh, that's itself right. that in. is some level yeah so <laughs> that sucks uh but uh, that's not good the burgers were that good they're expensive as fuck they did have a dull happy meals though that made me happy. Yeah, with the, with the beers and stuff. Yeah, well, treats. Whatever. Speaking of beer, bud. You know, why do we have it? Let's loosen up a little bit. You know how I know that you got this beer is because it's not October yet. Well, Oktoberfest is not in October, sir. It's true, it's the end of September. Right, which is basically now. Yeah, but like, Americans don't understand that. Well, that, that's so fair. <laughs> if you don't start looking for your Oktoberfest in August, you're fucked up. Uh, yeah, no, exactly. Because you, your brain's like, it's October. Why can't they find October? Like, I've been trying to find Oktoberfest. It's like October 18th. Like, dude, you miss Oktoberfest by like three weeks. We're on the like winter ale at that point. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're getting like New Year's. Uh, this actually came from our good friends up in uh, Zero Gravity, okay. which is in uh, Burlington, Vermont. Which is a fabulous brewery. They are probably most known for their, I believe it's the Conehead IPA. They're most known for. It's not my favorite beer from them. Um, okay. But I know we've done a zero gravity before. I just remember what. Yeah, we we have. But I found this. I saw this in the store, and I was like, I've never seen an Oktoberfest with zero gravity. Now, unfortunately, we um we don't have glasses here, so I like to judge my Oktoberfest by like color. Because I think I've been very outspoken about Oktoberfest. Would you like me to grab glasses? No, no, no. Okay. That wasn't the point. Good, because I didn't want to. Yeah, we're going to go by it. Like, it's kind of dark in here. We can't see shit anyway. So this is going to be a beer for radio. We're not going to see what it looks like. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm outspoken against, like, the uh, the Sam Adams and, like, even Wachusett. I think they're, they're like, the Wachusett Oktoberfest I is kind of... It's fine, but it's like it's not like true light. Like a true Oktoberfest, it's actually got like a smidge of lightness, but like still has the malty and like the. It's um, it's one of those beers that it's actually like it's a fuck up by the brewery. Right. And what they do is they pound it with a bunch of spices and like all kinds of like you know filtration and like stuff like that to kind of take out the bitter, horrible thing that they <laughs> produced with the shitty change of season, and that's how Oktoberfest was born. It's, and I'm paraphrasing like a little bit, but like that's a very rough history. If you want it, the real history, just you know Google it because we're not history majors here. Oh. But Zero oh. Gravity, never seen it before. I saw a 12 pack. I was like, oh, okay. I bought the 12 pack, so hopefully it's good because we'll have 10 of these after this. Mm-hmm. 
Alright. One sip, we all know what to do. Cheers. Cling. Cling. Let's gingerly touch our tips. Just to because Dave's not here. Hmm. I wonder if I shook it a bit. It kinda tastes flat. It's got that funk. Got that October funk. <laughs> yeah, self is that's a good word for it. There's funk. <laughs> just, gonna, just gonna put that over there. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pondering. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I, I'm not meaning to react poorly. I'm just kind of like, huh. Interesting. So I feel like I wouldn't like this after a while. It's like an Oktoberfest on nitro. <clears throat> it's okay. There's no. There's no it, it, yeah, unfortunately, I think that, that that's a good word for it. I think it's okay. Hmm. Yeah. Bummer zero gravity. I'm sorry. Conehead IPA though, like my, my wife likes it. Yeah. It's like what a Conehead IPA is like one of those like like she strangely like will drink these IPAs that are like like really strong. Really? <laughs> like Conehead and Conehead's it's good, but yeah. it's like like I wouldn't take down like a like a four pack of them in like one sitting it's because too much. it's just it's just like oh need a break. But like it's that and like uh, Fiddlehead Fiddlehead's the other one. Yep. Like because okay. Fiddlehead like just kicks you. in the Kicks you in the teeth, like when you drink it. I've been doing the the night shift brewery a lot. It's been my mm-hmm. my go-to. I've actually uh, like their the whirlpool is really good. Um, I'd like to I, go there. It's only in Everett. I have we have one at the mall. Brewery. The Natick Mall. Yeah, like yeah. the like actual company. brand. Yeah, it's right. It's literally right next to um, level ninety-nine, okay. which is like a like a game thing. But, huh. It's right attached to the food court. Yeah. Well, that's, cool. Brewery, yeah. that's cool. Mm-hmm. I still might want to go to Everett. Like the legit one? Well, I got to go there for a wedding. I'm catering a wedding at the Night Ship Brewing Company. God damn. Uh-huh. God damn. Get you all famous. Trying to be. Yeah, okay, back to the Over- Oktoberfest. Then we digress yeah, a bit here. Yeah, fuck the Oktoberfest. Let's talk about Night Ship. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Did Night Ship make an Oktoberfest? Um, I don't gonna, know. You know what? I'll tell you what. I'll give it a three. I'm going to follow you. It's not my favorite. It's definitely not my favorite Oktoberfest. Reminds me of the Jack's Abbey one a little bit. See, is the Jack's Abbey one actually? So, is it is it meant to be like a true Oktoberfest, or like uh-huh. is, it, is it they just happen like that's one week? They got weird names for a lot of this stuff. So yeah, it's like the, like the Framing Hammer. The hell they call that one? It was the Copperhead. Copper. Yes. Like, you have to look at it again. It's been so long. It has. I just know I didn't like it. That's it the has. only thing I take. Back. I feel like I haven't drank like six months. <laughs> uh, a lot of people would be happy, more happy with me if I hadn't drank in like six months. I mean, I got this my my twelve pack like two weeks ago, and I got two left. So I'm not a full alcoholic. I was yeah. trying the uh, I was trying the uh, non-alcoholic beer. So. On the on the ones I have tried, I can actually. So there was one that was made by Guinness, and Is it was zero one. It was so unmemorable. I, I did not make note of the name, and I'm not even going to Google it, even though my computer's right in front of me. But I'll tell you what, as far as non-alcoholic beer, because like you know you have like the O'Doul's, and like O'Doul's is like St. Pauli girls. Like St. Pauli does have one. Yep, yep. Those are the two I know. Um, Heineken 0.0 is actually delightful. Is it? Does it taste like Heineken? No. Weird. 
Oh, it doesn't taste like it doesn't taste like Heineken. Because Heineken's at all. like not my favorite beer. No, you 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 either you either drink Heineken and you like Heineken, it or tastes, you don't drink Heineken. It tastes green. It's weird. It, it's definitely off. But like the 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 Heineken non-alcoholic brew is actually very refreshing. Because I, I it, if anybody would ask me, it's like I don't drink because I want to be drunk. Right. Like this, I like I don't drink for the sake of getting drunk. It's just because unfor- you like it. It's an unfortunate byproduct. I drink it because I like the taste. Right. Like versus like a soda or a, like a fruit juice or a lemonade. I would prefer a <laughs> fizzy, carbon carbonated like beer tasting mm-hmm. beverage. And like Heineken zero point zero is actually like they they're very delightful. Really, I know they were like one of like the, the I don't want to say first, but they were earlier in the, the batch of non-alcoholics because for a while like St. Pauli Girl and O'Doul's are like the only ones well O'Doul's has been around I think since like I was born yeah which I was kind of like eh. but I noticed that a lot of a lot of beer companies like the bigger ones are starting to release Connie brought home so my uh, my wife uh, worked for um, the did Bulls, some uh, Bullspit? Bullspit Brewery so she did this thing at like Cappy's, like a, which is a uh, a liquor store um, here in this area, and they had this um, and I can't remember what his company was called either, which is fine because they're gonna make fun of it. But they had non-alcoholic brews that they were sampling, including like the IPA, like they had a non-alcoholic IPA, they had like a stout, they had like an amber. So Connie brought them home, and she tried like putting this like. I think she tried pulling a fast one on me. She's like, here, I want you to try this beer. And I look at it, and, like, she didn't realize. It's like, well, I've been critiquing beer now for, like, five <laughs> years. So, like, I actually look at the can. Yep. So I notice, like, right away, it's like, oh, it's a non-alcoholic IPA. I can't wait. And I cracked it open. I took a sip. I'm like, that's fucking hot garbage. Hot garbage. Like, it's just terrible. I don't know if that's because, like, my brain was like, dude. Big. Like <laughs> resenting it essentially. Yeah, but it's like t- it's like, yeah. and like they were like, oh well, the process of making non-alcoholic beer is like what these companies do is they take their beer and they freeze it because the alcohol doesn't actually freeze and they filter it out and blah blah this and blah blah that. Well, like we don't do that. We just take out the elements that actually create alcohol. It's like yeah, so you take out yeast, sugar, and everything else that like <laughs> that makes, makes it a beer that makes beer delicious. Uh-huh. Which, granted, if you're trying to drink a non-alcoholic yeah. beer, I understand you're not drinking a beer, like per se. But listen, some of us had problems, and like sometimes we need a mental, a mental click to mm-hmm. like you know right right the ship a little bit. Yep. And it's healthier for you, kind of sort of, but not really. Yeah. But I'll tell you what. So anyway, yeah, they're hot garbage. They suck. Good thing I don't know the name because I can't even. But even like the athletic brewing, like I know, I know they have a couple of things out there, and they tried doing the non-alcoholic IPA. It's mm-hmm. like, well, if, if you're at that point, <laughs> yeah, right. Like, at least like the Heineken zero point zero. Like I, I, I'll drink light beer all day long. I can put down Bud Light and like be completely happy. Right. And like Heineken zero point zero, it's like, oh, you're happy. Like it, mm-hmm. it helps my taste buds. Like I can drink that with a plate of food. That's like, like nowadays they have so many like, uh, what's the word? I guess fake meat, for lack of a better term. There's so many different products for, you know. And it's like, it gets to the point where it's like, well, for you meat eaters, how close do you want to be eating meat? It just eat the meat. It gets to a point where it's like, okay, well, if you are against it, why are you trying to be like it? 
Makes sense. That means they've tasted it before. That's what I mean. And like, they miss that taste. It's like, so I've tasted chicken in my lifetime. There's plenty of things that and aren't I, that. And I've missed the taste of chicken. Just However, I prefer not to slaughter said chicken. Well, then you can't have chicken. What are they called? It's like Unreal? Unreal Burgers? Um, impossible. Impossible, thank you. Unreal. Same thing. The flavor well, they're, is... They are very unreal. Uh, it still smells like cat food. <laughs> it's awful. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. We've, we've had a few products that aren't terrible. Um, we got these vegan nuggets. They're like pre-breaded and frozen, so we just fry them and whatever. And I think it's just because the breading on it's good. So that's why you can't... You know what I mean? Like the meat, quote unquote, inside doesn't, you know, isn't what kills you. So there are certain things you can do with vegetables that are actually like really tasty. Uh-huh. I've done funny. That's what I mean. There's, there's other ways around it. I mean, you, you got to get your nutritional like in this. You got to get either beans, you know, nuts or some kind of green to kind of like instead of just eating vegetables because you got to have some sort of protein in your oh, body. Of course. Uh, I, I mean, that, you can buy tr- like that nutritional yeast, which kind of like factors that in, but. Like I recently had like a uh, a lovely eggplant parm, uh-huh. and I found myself very hungry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> towards the end of it, even if it's all yeah. pasta. And, like, yeah, it's all right. I'm like, it's like I'm just gonna keep snacking. <laughs> it's like when I brought a salad for lunch the other day, and like, I had like three bags of chips. For <laughs> this is a vending machine. I just right gotta out. balance out somewhere. There's a there's a vending machine right out of my outside my office, so I had like the three bags of like the tiny like little Cheetos chips. Yeah, I'm like. This is fine. <laughs> I brought a salad oh, for lunch. God. It'll be okay. My, my sous chef, he, he got lunch one day and he go like I caught him halfway and I'm like, oh, a salad. And then he lifts up all the salads and the pizza underneath. I'm like, well, what's the point? <laughs> what are you trying to hide? Like, he's like, okay, sure, whatever. I brought a small salad and eight pieces of bread. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a pizza. <laughs> With cheeseburgers in the middle. I like those things where it's like decomposed. I made like a like a bakery list and this and this and it just turns out to be like a pizza, <laughs> but it's just the way they they word it. I like going to decompose place and putting it back together. Yeah. Yep. This is my decomposed taco. Well, I'm gonna put the taco back together. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. <laughs> Numb. Glorious. Glorious. All right, good try, zero gravity. Yeah. But we talked about a whole bunch of other stuff other than your beer. So That's how exciting it was. Yep, we didn't like it. <laughs> Pass. We gave you a three because we're. I guess we're. In a so game. if anyone's looking for ten more beers, we got them. I'll drink them. <laughs> I'm gonna complain about it the whole time, but I'm just not gonna talk about it ever again. Be that time that we did make fun of Bulls Brewery, another. Yeah, and then Dave got yelled at by the owner at the fucking bar. Well, you like no, you. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, that's new. I didn't know about that. I, I, I think he brought it up on podcast, if I recall. I, d- I don't remember. Because anything. they were like, wait, aren't you that guy from that whatever? And then he's like, yeah. I, I feel like that's made up. Uh-huh. That feels made up. To me. I'll believe anything that people tell me. Because I, uh, since my wife now works for Bullspit, like I've been to their parties. And Connie, I don't, I like, I don't consider my wife one of those people. Excuse me. Keeps her mouth shut about like certain details. She'd be like, oh yeah, that's the guy from the Kevin Miller of a Six Pack podcast. He says you guys basically blow. Which so they have the. They actually closed down. They actually... I'm going to digress again. We're going to talk about Bullsmith Brewery. Digress. <clears throat> Bullsmith Brewery. Now, let me preface this by saying, 
we reviewed that beer, I'm going to say it was probably at this point two years ago. So we did it twice, because we did a rebuttal, it was you and I. But the first one, I think, was the three of us. Yeah, it was the three of us. I don't remember what it was. It was awful. Was. It was the fucking summer ale. It was terrible. what it was? Yeah. It wasn't last summer, so that's why I say it. It was at least two years ago. Yeah, and um, at the time, we were actually putting up uh, video content on YouTube, and one of their higher-ups, like, because Dave knew the guy, it was like a VP of something-something, like, actually commented, well, you should try our IPA before it becomes unavailable. And it's like, to which we said, uh... Can't just challenge us to try your beer. Like he's like, yeah, you should go buy more of our products and try that. It's like, well, if you want us to rebuttal the horrible review that we just gave your summer ale, because that summer ale was god awful. It was not very good. No, it was terrible. Like they had this weird like aftertaste, and like it was just, it was, it was, it was wrong. Now, my hometown, Winchester, Massachusetts, Bullsmith has opened a couple of outdoor breweries. Now it is their primary brewery. That, or their brewery location, like their, their brew yards. Well, they still brew there, but they oh, okay. sell in Winchenden because the, the whole it's Bolton, Bolton hates them. Yeah, you can't you can't sell. You can't do anything in Bolton. Yeah, right. You, Bolton blows. Um, <clears throat> so since the two years, I will give them the credit and say that they've gotten better. Like that bitter, horrible aftertaste, but it's kind of gone, but. I'm sorry. At the end of the day, they're still not the, like a great beer. And you're in a small town like Winchin, and you're charging $7 a pint, $6 a pint. They actually came up with like what's called a Toy Town Pilsner, which uh, Winchin is called Toy Town. Toy Town Pilsner, which they sell for $5. Ooh, big discount. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's one of those things. It, it's fine. But they have this massive space, like this massive brew yard, and they do really good about getting like live entertainment and like stuff like that, like in place. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we don't understand why this place is like so dead. Like we're always like, there's nothing ever going on. Like there's no people like coming to like our events. And even my wife said something like that. I was like, well, the problem is, honey, the beer kind of sucks. <laughs> like you want to have a brewery in town. You actually have to have a good product that people want to drink, not drink it on necessity. If you have to drink something on necessity, your events better be fucking amazing. Right. Like, you right. need to bring fucking, like, Pitbull. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if anything. <laughs> and then people are like, all right. Like, I'll definitely go because Pitbull's going to be there. And, like, we can, let like, watch him and I'll, I'll just suck down a couple of those Toy Town Pilsners. Like, when you got, like, all the local, like... Acoustic acts. No. That and, you know, it's rained every fucking weekend this goddamn year. At least. I don't know. Apocalypse might be happening. <laughs> Not at this point. Noah, build the ark! Do it. All right. News right. time. Digression over. Heavy metal headlines. Recording. Um... I might, I might as well get the big one, my, or at least my big one out of the way. Actually, I'm going to add a, a quick side one. Did you know that the lead singer of Smash Mouth passed away? I did. Yeah, like three weeks ago? I also noticed it didn't get... Like, I saw, like, a couple of mentions. It's like, Barely. It's like... No, well, you know what happened is that like, Jimmy nobody Buffett... Nobody cared about Smash Well, Mouth. Jimmy Buffett died, like, the same time. Ugh. So that overshadowed... Now he can be an all-star. Because all, all shooting stars break the mold. Mm. 
Oh, it's very sad, though. That's a young that's man, so, too. Yeah, He's like he 50-something. He wasn't that old. 52-ish? Yeah. It's too bad. I mean, Jimmy Buffett, too. That was wrong. Well, Jimmy Buffett was like 107. <laughs> yeah, but he is a cheeseburger in paradise, so. He had a, he had a pretty good run. <laughs> like twelve, I pre- I pre- like six hundred restaurants. <laughs> I appreciated all the uh, tributes. Like, what was it? it was like a cheeseburger, and, like a margarita, or yeah, something. Yeah, Everybody yeah, like yeah. put it on like their bars. Yep. To Which is funny because uh, slight plug. If you go listen to the Fans of the Dead podcast, I'm on there with one of our buddies, Chris, and I actually drink a margarita because that was actually the weekend that he passed away. So it actually made sense. Good on you, pal. All right. Um. So. If anyone knows who Ronnie Radke is, I hope he has beef with us because Dick. we talked about a lot of vegetarian stuff today. Um, so, now, I know he's very talented, okay? I, I have nothing against Ronnie's music. Falling in Diverse is great. No Issues, Escape the Fate was great. I love that segment that we did that we called out the fact that like every one of the breakdowns in this song is exactly well, the same. yeah, that too. Um, so, uh, but no issue. So like, <laughs> there was the Chris Motionless beef in 2012 or whatever, and then as of this year, there's two big ones. Um, so he st- restarts beef again with Attila's uh, Chris Fronzak. Um, so I guess it was at the Shiprock, two, 2023 Shiprocked. Uh, it was actually a, a cruise ship that had like headliners on it, which is interesting. Falling Reverse headlined. Oh, you never heard of that? Oh yeah, I've, I've heard of it, yeah. I oh, say the Metal Cruise? Yeah, yeah. Um. It sounds like an awesome, but yet horrible idea. <laughs> it's like... Get crammed on like, a boat with the smelliest... I, I love y'all. I love all you metalheads. But this, God, <laughs> this, dude, the <laughs> amount of drunk people would be absurd. You see a mosh pit getting out of hand, and like just people going <laughs> off off the, off, the, off the boat. They have they have like huge like plexiglass around and the whole boat, so nobody. I'm making fun of you guys. I, I understand it's not what happens. It's a, it's a, it's almost like being inside like a Palladium Club, like the actual stage thing. Like, yeah, yeah, inside like a small venue, Palladium, like a five thousand person venue. I understand. I'm just yep. making fun of you. Because we're all stinky and gross. Yep. Fun uh, myself. I'm one of you. I'm one of you. Uh, so I guess during this, uh, uh, so Ronnie yelled out, uh, "Fuck you, uh, Franz! You're a fucking poser." Um. So I guess it says that. So this is from, um. Franz. He said, so this grown man is still buggered about something I said at a song 10 years ago, which is why it's reignited. Uh, and the best part is he couldn't even say it to my face, Franz added. He said, I was asleep while they were on stage. Um, Sorry, so, <laughs> in a comment reply uh, on Radke's official TikTok, said, why didn't you say something when I was in front of you, lol? And then, uh, Franz posted a response video saying, because I don't even know what the fuck you said. I just woke up the next morning and someone came up to me and said, Ronnie Radke called you out on stage or something. Said, I wasn't even fucking there. 
uh, replying to that, Radke posted his own video where he began, Bro, the very next day at the casino, you walked in and you looked like a giant bird. You had a giant white coat on with feathers. Uh, and then went to claim that he stared down. Sorry. That he stared down Franz uh, after they discussed the onstage diss, suggesting he implicitly. Is that right? Imp implicitly? Is that how you say that word? I'm retarded. Implicitly? Right? Is that implicit? Okay. Uh, threatened him and said that casino video footage would prove it. And then Franz then duetted that video with a clip of him wearing the coat in question and defending the fashion choice. Um, and then Ronnie claimed that, that there's no camera footage, which is kind of weird, given the fact that I can see it right here. Whatever. Um, so another point of contention between the two is lyrics, as indicated above. Franz suggested that following in reverse's line uh, quoted, oh no, they'll never let go of something you said 10 years ago from 2022's Zombified. Refers to an old Attila stanza that begins, uh, quote, even Ronnie Radke talks shit on my Instagram. Give me your address so I can hit you with a mic stand. From 2012's call out. <laughs> so clearly these people have been back and forth. Uh, that was on Zombie then. Huh? So? That was on Zombified. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, no. They'll never let go of something you said because they're canceling. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then following that, we have Falling in Reverse is going after Motionless and White again because he claims that uh, he, they ripped off his popular monster music video. So, following in reverse's ever-controversial vocalist, Ronnie Redke, uh, has continued beef with a gold-certified industrial medical outfit, medic, metal core fitness outfit, motionless and white. Uh, having previously taken issue with the band, which we talked about earlier with the whole thing of Crab Vampire. Um, so, 2022, last year, Motionless released the song Werewolf, which is on their, their album, obviously. Um, and... He feels that it has similarities to his band's 2019 music video of the single Popular Monster. He holds the belief that the video for Werewolf essentially ripped off elements of the Falling Universe clip. Uh, claiming to have heard as much from people that worked on the video as well. Are you looking it up? Yeah, I just want to. See, I want to actually see the imaging because I want to see like just like a dark room and like like some fogginess and like. Um, yeah, it's it's worth noting that director Jensen Noen helmed both of the so the the same director did both the videos. <laughs> um, so when fans criticized Radcliffe for not being the only band to make a video about werewolves, this is Radcliffe's reply quote uh, bro it's the timing of course people have done this popular monster I turned into a werewolf they went to the video director and I used because of my video 
I know this for a fact because I was told by people that worked on it. They asked to be turned into were to a werewolf. And the video director said, I already did that with Ronnie. And they said that they still want to proceed. I feel like that's not a thing. But whatever. Um, it's not about it being done 30 years ago. It's about the circumstance. The movie style tour ad mats. It's everything. I'm not the first to do anything, but my ideas come from a real place. I'm not hating man. It's just his heart. I understand coincidences may happen, but this ain't that cause. All right, I already have a rebuttal. It's an RIP. Rebuttal away. So, falling in reverse, he turns into a werewolf, and like there's a bunch of dead people, but he's in a courtroom. Motionless and white is in a fucking graveyard. Like the motionless and white one actually makes like a little bit of sense. <laughs> like, the song's called Werewolf. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, oh, you can't be like a supernatural being in a different setting. It's like. What the hell are we talking well, about? That's what people are saying. What are we talking about, right? So, um, <clears throat> somebody. So what I just read, okay. Uh, somebody actually um, replied this. Replied to this. I don't. Uh, Ex Mortis. Dad had Aramat. I don't know who that is. Um, yes, because nobody else can make a metal song about werewolves. Now that Following Universe did one. Right, like. See, when I put the when I put the two videos side by side, I was like literally expecting to see like the same exact scenery, the setting, like fog, lights, like the whole like the whole thing. Like one's like in a graveyard, the other one's like literally in a court courtroom. It's and mine and like Ronnie's was like at the end. It's not the so Ronnie Ronnie uh, I think tweeted um, going to same video director after seeing me turn into a werewolf. Ha 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 ha. And someone responded with. Bruh, imagine being so obsessed. You didn't do anything groundbreaking. How dare you want to turn into a werewolf for a song called Werewolf? <laughs> uh, yeah, so. And then I guess I can kind of read this. This is his last thing. So he opened up further on the matter. Okay. You know what I think it is? I think it's the fact that people don't acknowledge the inspiration. Like they see something. Okay, I'm not. I'm not illiterate, but this is how he writes, so if it sounds weird, it's because it's how it's written. Um, like they see something doing good and try to do it, but pretend like they got it from somewhere else because they don't want to come off like they're jacking a current thing. For me, I mention my inspirations in my music. Like it's so obvious, I grew up listening to Eminem and loved horror movies and Batman, etc. You can hear my Eminem inspiration in my rapping. I literally say it in my songs. Let's make 2024 the year we give credit to each other and stop lying. Bring Me the Horizon is inspiring. Bad Omens is, is inspiring. Parkway Drive is inspiring. Architects is inspiring. And so on. Ollie Sykes went to the video director I used because he was inspired by mine. And guess what he told me? Quote, I like what you did, but I don't want to copy. End quote. He went out of his way to make a video that was his own. I gained so much respect for Ollie after I was told this. This is what I mean. Instead of just ripping off, he went out of his way to do his own thing. I respect that shit. Same with Ice Nine Kills. They do their own thing. This is what I mean. Anyway, 
This copycat stuff is so trivial, and at the end of the day, will be forgotten. It's trivial to get upset at, it should be flattering if anything. But sometimes I can't help to express myself on these matters, like who cares at the end of the day. I actually really like the song Popular Monster, I didn't realize it had anything to do with a werewolf. Maybe I understand, like, so, like, his internal demons, like, inside were, like, but making him, like, turn into a werewolves. mythological cre- creature. It, the, the setting thing is what kills me. Like, like, his, like the popular monster video is, like, literally in a courtroom. You know, so, you want my side of things, and, and when I was kind of reading this earlier, I was thinking about it. So, I mean, Falling Universe has, what, four albums? Three albums? Mm, sure. Roughly. Motionless and White just made their ninth album so you can't tell me that they're not you know what i mean like it's like uh global recognition i don't think is as well as falling in reverse it's just like it's like just falling in reverse puts out a single it gets like a hundred million listens yeah i guess it's motionless fair. and white puts out a single it gets like a million yeah it's just which i it's i mean i understand it like like Fall, um, motionless and white, I think, is like completely hit or miss, and like they mm-hmm. they dove right into like what I call the um, the octane culture. Okay. Because uh, they, they got a couple. They probably got like all of like the majority of the success came from like the octane radio station, and everything on octane sounds exactly the same. So they had right. to follow that model in order to be on that station. Sure. So because early on, motionless and white was like heavy, they were heavy as shit. Yeah. yeah, heavy, deep, and they and then they just started getting clean yeah. and weird. I agree with your hit or miss because there's, there's a, I have and at least like 10 to 12 that are all really good but they're all oh they definitely they definitely got some good tunes but at the same time i said years ago like uh motionless and white and his name is gonna escape me i don't remember chris motionless thank you chris motionless like he dresses himself to appear exactly like marilyn manson for the most (laughs) part like it's like he's always kind of had a little bit of something from somebody else that he's always tried to incorporate and I just didn't like the albums when they started coming out in like Octane because like, it's yeah. like they they went on this pattern like you have to have clean 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 with like this breakdown and like just didn't make any sense and yep. it's like, yep. but hey, I mean whatever they right. make more money than I do so that's then... very true. As Dave would say, I respect anybody who's made. I I think I said on episode one or two of ours, I said if somebody walked through that door and said, I will pay you this amount of money to sing this song, I'd say yes. And that's the beer review. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll birdie back to you, sir. All right, I'm going to get as political as I've ever been on this show. Y'all ready? Y'all ready for this? President Biden says administration is cracking down on ticket junk fees. President Joe Biden is the latest to speak out regarding the junk fees plaguing the ticketing industry. This show comes off of something called TicketNews.com. He tweeted, I think, is it still called tweets? I know it's a... I noticed my Twitter account like has an X yeah, on it now. Tweets. Uh, it's some, yeah, it's a different thing, though, isn't it? So, September 23rd, 2023. I want you guys to remember that. Cost tickets are hard enough to get. You shouldn't have to pay surprise service fees on top of that. My, my administration is working hard to crack down on those fee- junk fees so you know what you are paying for up front. Um, so earlier in the year, took legislation as, or asked legislators to take action and put forward junk fee prevention acts. This would require fees to be disclosed up front and mandate disclosure of any ticket holdbacks that diminish available supply. 
According to the White House, studies have found that consumers pay an upward of 20% extra when the actual price of product is not disclosed, which all of us are probably concert-going people. We have all tried to purchase something through Ticketmaster. They say it's $35 a ticket, but then it magically becomes 68 a piece. Very strange. <clears throat> Uh, ticket sites were warned that all-in pricing should um, all-in pricing should become the norm. And while some now include a way to see the fees up front, others have implemented a toggle to allow prospective ticket buyers to view prices with fees before the checkout process. However, depending on the site, it's not always easy accessible and certainly easy to overlook. Blah 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 blah. <clears throat> I'm going to skip a couple paragraphs here. Biden's concerns follow an uproar, and this is what started it, in the ticketing industry after the Taylor Swift Ticketmaster fiasco, which sparked an investigation by the Department of Justice into the merger of Ticketmaster and its parent company, Live Nation. Fans have repeatedly faced woes regarding high tickets and the required use of Live Nation's infamous verified fan program, causing, while, causing chaos while trying to purchase tickets to acts like Olivia Rodrigo. I don't even know who that fuck that is. <clears throat> So what's interesting is like this whole thing that the uh, the government was trying to uh, put in place was also um, I lost uh, one little bit of information, but it wasn't necessarily focused on like just on like um, like ticket fees, but like all of like these strange fees that you pay like pretty much anywhere. Okay. Sure. Um, it was supposed to kind of like cover that. It's just like he actually like tweeted um, something about it. it's like oh concert tickets are like hard enough to get blah 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 blah. Now. <clears throat> This is great. Like I said, we have all like bought a, t a ticket before where mm -hmm. it's supposed to be like 30 bucks a guy. Oh, that sounds amazing. But then like, you know, Dude, you, you like actually go purchase the four or five, six of them. It ends up being a ridiculous amount like over that. The processing fee and the this and the that and the this and that. Mm -hmm. Which is why if you also go to a local show or if you have local headliners, like I always would recommend, like find your local headliners and or your local openers. I'm sorry, not your local headliners. Your local openers and buy your tickets straight through them because you can avoid your fees. Easy game. Smart. Now, and again, this is as political as I'll ever get. I don't want anybody to get your hopes up that the Biden administration can actually <laughs> like re well, get your that. ticket fees waived. Uh, t waived because I would like to put into exhibit A a tweet from the President Biden himself on November 3rd, 2022. <clears throat> I know hidden junk. F I know hidden junk fees, like processing fees on concert tickets, are a pain. They're unfair, deceptive, and add up. That's why last week I called my administration to crack down on these fees and put that money back in your pocket. So, kind of like forgiving my student loan. Kind of failed in that one too. Yeah. Thanks, El Prez. Yep. I don't know. This political message has been brought to you by nobody. Good job. I just thought it was absolutely hilarious that he literally put the same tweet like a year later. Yep. Yeah, well. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, uh, <sighs> what's the word? Oh, my God. So, if you want to avoid the fees, like I said, find your local opener. National band comes in, most venues will put a local opener. Buy your tickets from them, because they can skip all of those fees for you. Yep. Plus, you support them, too? Absolutely. We know a thing or two about local openers. We have been that local opener. Mm -hmm. We'll get you no fee tickets. <laughs> Feeless. 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 We'll give you the ticket. Just please come. <laughs> <laughs> I just need warm bodies in the building. All the cold ones get in the way. Just tell them you came for us. 
<laughs> even if we didn't, even if we don't know who we are. All right. Heavy Metal of a Six Pack does not support the opinions of Marcus and his political views against the Joe Biden administration. And to be fair, Marcus actually does not have any views against the Joe Biden administration because for the last four years he has actually been like in a dark slumber of drinking alcohol and smoking pot. So I actually have no idea what's going on out there other than these really funny stories that keep coming up. That's where you live. I recorded that. You did? No, I didn't. I just said it right now. Came out smooth though. I didn't fumble much. Oh, I mean, we're recording all this, so that's why I was confused. Oh, I was saying I recorded that. That was like my disclaimer thing after, ah, I, after I spoke. That was good. We should, we should, we should keep that for like later use. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll save it or something. <laughs> uh, I guess talking about old people. Um, oh man, so, we have negative stories today. It's not negative. It's just old people. Uh, Corey Taylor throws shade about being held back in Stone Sour. Do you want me to read this through? Yeah, you should. I was going to wait for your comment first. No, no, that's fine. I, I, I won't, I won't uh, interrupt until I have more facts. I'll read verbatim a little bit here. All right, I, have not, so, I have not been a Corey motherfucking Taylor guy like, in, uh, like that, recently. His part, no. Anyway, uh, so this is verbatim from his quote here. Um, As a performer, you physically want to rise to that occasion. He explains. Now, mind you, he, he said this like three years ago, too, before we made like three other bands. Um, the only thing that holds us back in performance is age, and I am lucky that I'm healthy enough that I can still go at a certain level, but I know that I can't continue that forever. Uh, the guys in Slipknot also know that, and that's something that we've talked about very honestly. What do we do? What does the next level of Slipknot look like? Aren't they, like, all the same age? Roughly? Yeah, but to be fair, they gotta be getting old. They gotta be, like, what? Yeah, but Corey's... Mid-40s kind of, and higher? The, the way that Corey's saying it, it's like... Yeah, like, when Cora gets old, what are we going to do with the band? Like, well, everyone else is going to be old. Yep. You see what I mean? See what I'm getting at? Like, it just it feels weird. Yep. I mean... I like, would like... So... <laughs> right? It just seems strange. When I reminisce... Like, are we about just going to... About concerts that I've been to in the past, I want to say somewhere maybe three, four years ago, we were uh, blessed with a performance of Slipknot. Yeah. Can I tell you who the least active person on that stage was? Go ahead. Corey Taylor. Because yep. Corey Taylor, Corey fucking Taylor, is so fucking epic on himself. No, I mean a little bit of headbanging, like whatnot. But all Corey Taylor has to do is walk up to the front of the stage, put his hands up, and get a response from the crowd. Like he doesn't need to do anything right. special. His clowns mm-hmm. around him are the ones doing all the work. Are which, the ones which that are doing kind of all the he's... cool shit, like blowing stuff up and whacking kegs with baseball bats and like doing the bouncy thing with the flipping and the. And uh, actually, let me let me read this for uh, next part because that actually yep. goes to your point. Um, we're looking at it from an uh, artistic point of view. How do we make it still seem uh, frenetic and off the chain, but also something that we can deal with from a strength point of view? It'll be interesting to see where that challenge takes us. It also allows me to be able to do stuff like the solo thing. It's high energy right now, but when it gets to the point where I want to tame it down a little bit, I have songs that I can lean into and let them do the heavy lifting for me. You know what I mean? So he's... So, my thing that I'd like to... This is my rebuttal for the situation. I saw ACDC three years ago. Mm -hmm. Angus Young is... 
mid 60s. He's also, he's also a freak. That man did the entire solo while running around Gillette Stadium on one foot. Like he ran the <laughs> entire. It's a it's a stadium. It's a good size. Stairs. Have you ever tried Incline. to run straight across like a football field? That sucks. He did the whole around. <laughs> so like, Corey, you tell me, Mister Superstar. Just saying. So, <laughs> so what's up? Let's get to the part where Stone Sour holds him. Back. Okay. All right. So, uh, this is probably the closest to the real me as a performer that I've been in my whole career, because obviously with Slipknot, it's really one side of the genre. With Stone Sour, I was being held back because of certain people in the band. But with this, there are no limitations. I think he's talking about his solo project. And I can do music, cart, blanche, blanche? Carte blanche. There. I'm not French. Uh, as far as genre goes and performance goes, I have a band that can play anything, which is just criminal. It's really, really cool. I'm just really fortunate to be in the place where I am right now. He basically just said that the guys of Stone Sour kind of fucking blow. In so many words. There's more to this, too. Okay. Oh, super. <laughs> um, well, it says, well, he doesn't go so far as to tell us who these certain people are, which it can't be Jim Root because, well, Jim Root's in, I mean, he's not there anymore, but he's also in Slipknot, so. It absolutely. <clears throat> he's in Slipknot. Um, it absolutely can be Jim Root, though. Yeah, I guess. Uh, this isn't the first time he's put Stone Sour on blast in a similar way. Um, in an interview with Paste about putting Stone Sour on hiatus to do solo music, he claimed, <clears throat> When Stone Sour first started, not only was I playing guitar constantly, but I was also the lead guitarist and main writer. Honestly, one of the reasons why I am very adamant about starting my solo thing is that there was a weird misconception around who was writing for what band. Maybe this is where my ego comes into play, but I felt like I wasn't getting the credit for the thing as I was actually writing. Oh, Corey Taylor wasn't writing fucking Stone Sour music. Are you on fucking drugs? <laughs> it's your first fucking band, you fucking clown. Uh, I used to like this guy. I know, it's like, sad. I idolize this dude. Like, he is so far up his own ass right now. <laughs> Like, his hand is, like, way the fuck up there and making his mouth move. Um, last thing here. Uh, with Stone Sour, it was fairly obvious. But there were a lot of songs that I wrote that people thought guitarist Jim Root or Josh Rand wrote. How dare they? That wasn't the case at all. And then with Slipknot, there was a lot of stuff that would, that either wouldn't have been written without me or that I wrote that other people gave themselves credit for. Uh, as someone who takes great pride in sitting down and creating something from nothing, just my imagination, that's stuck in my craw. How dare this fucker? All this clown did. So he starts Stone Sour, and then he goes and joins Slipknot. Like, Slipknot was, like, the heavy. Stone Sour was, like, the moderately heavy, but, like, lighter side. And then he started to combine his fucking worlds, and then like Slipknot ends up turning into like another fucking rem like version uh, of Stone Sour. Yep. Jim Root doesn't want to do either one of them because it's like, dude, none none of these are heavy anymore because like we're all melodic and fucking pretty. And now he's pissed. <laughs> you mean to tell me anybody with a Corey Taylor frontman, any band with a Corey Taylor frontman, was saying, "Oh, Corey Taylor didn't write that song." 
I wrote that song. Wait and Bleed is about my daughter. But it's... <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> um, but, okay, so from, I guess, maybe just my point of view. So, like, in the songs that we've written, like, okay, we have our guitarist, and he writes the guitar part. Awesome. But then I write the drums, and you write the lyrics, and, you know, Zach writes the bit. So, like, do you really write the whole thing? Well, we... I mean, we're special, and I've always My been adamant. Tells me that too. I've always been adamant that, like, if you are in like a group setting and like four or five people, like, there's going to be a collaboration at one point from like everybody's point of view because like everybody has something kind of play. Now I understand that there are really gifted artists out there, and we've had some on the show before where they've done all the writing, right. all of the uh, performance, sure. all of the instrumentation, and they just need people to like play along and like et cetera, et cetera. That's all fine and dandy, but I mean. But the projects that I've always been a part of, and I've always been adamant, because I never wanted to deal with situations like this. Right. I didn't want any kind of thing where it's like, well, I just needed to make it clear. I wrote that song. Yeah, like, does it fucking matter, bro? It's like, yeah. What do you want, a fucking it's cookie? Like you, like, you, wrote, you wrote that song? I don't actually like it anymore. <laughs> like, just, I'm not, I'm I don't not know, gonna... man. It just seems weird. It's a weird what a take on dick article. Like, you have a band like Slipknot, who's, like, multi-platinum... Like probably makes a, a lot of money, and you're concerned you're that gods well, amongst men. And you're concerned that like, well, maybe they didn't think I wrote that one. Nobody thinks that. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Everybody in the metal world for the last twenty years, if something was to come up, somebody runs a Corey Taylor to ask what Corey Taylor fucking thinks. So the, the <laughs> yeah the idea that we think that Corey Taylor might not have had a hand in the writing. Let's just say Clown did write something. You mean to tell me Corey Taylor didn't walk in that room and change 75% of it <laughs> right. before he actually laid down the track? He just went in there and be like, you know what, Clown? You did a good job, pal. Good job, sure. We're going to play this exactly how you wrote it. But don't you fucking tell people that. I'd be hard to write a song. Just a I'll fucking keg. kill you and take my horrors with me. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting thing. Um, ah, what a dick! Stone Sour is holding me back. You know what? Stone Sour. You know, another one. Octane. Octane, motherfuckers. You know what's funny is that you go back to old school Stone Sour. They're heavier than most Slipknot songs. So he basically took, but like the latest Slipknot stuff. Like, with the exception of like the last they, like, couple, where they, where they got like they exactly it became like Stone Sour two. It was almost like once Jim Root said, I don't actually want to do Stone Sour anymore because I want to go back to the heavy. He's like, all right, cool. We'll just do Stone Sour over there then. Because I still have Stone Sour songs I need to get That's out. That's very strange. It's a, it's a, it's a weird thing. Uh, I, don't, I mean, so I guess side. I mean, you look at Maynard James Keenan. Like, he doesn't give a fuck who thinks who wrote what. He's got two bands. He's got like six bands in theory. You know what I mean? He would be another one though if he was a, be outspoken. He's like, you mean to tell me that like a, a Maynard James Keenan band, <laughs> like we wouldn't think that he has something to do with the writing? Of course. It's like, but he's also not gonna fuck, sit there. He's not one to sit there and be like, well, you know what I mean? Like, because again, nobody cares. Listen, you guys have me on tape. If I actually, if if I was ever fortunate enough to write an absolute masterpiece that like just goes fucking global and whatnot. And I, if I ever make a comment, it's like, you know, it would have been really nice if they just like gave me a bit, like a little bit more of a pat on the back for that one. Because I basically led him there. It's just like, it's like what the fuck? I don't know. God, I fucking hate people. Yep. 
Right. Remember that time we had a pandemic where we didn't have to deal with people anymore? Yeah, it was nice. I mean... <laughs> it was, but it wasn't. Yeah. Anyways. What's your last one, buddy? All right, last one. Live Nation launches a program that will end merch cuts and offer other benefits. Okay. <laughs> Proceed. <laughs> All right, so recent, so re- actually very recently, the, the the big part of the news was that like Loudwire at all of their national location. What a screensaver that thing is! Look at that thing. I'm sorry, I got distracted. Sorry. Pretty birds. Um, <clears throat> Live Nation birds. actually announced that at all of their locations, they will stop taking merch cuts mm-hmm. from the artists because there was like. Okay. There's this whole movement, and it was actually the drummer for the band Architects yep. that tried to um, assemble the bands and say, we should actually just go on strike and not play live until they stop taking merch cuts. Okay, yeah. Because the cost of touring and it's the cost lot. of travel, like, in, especially now, in like this day and age, it's like, you're, you're getting fucking... Dick from all angles. Yeah, you're getting butt-raped from the fucking stream the streaming compensation and then right. you're like so Live Nation says yep no problem we're gonna take care of you so what benefits does the On The Road Again program offer is they're calling it On, on The Road the Again, road again. <clears throat> as the cost of touring have risen in recent years it's become increasingly difficult for developing artists to make money on the road even in the case of veteran artists many tours have been cancelled due to financial logistics bands playing at Live Nation owned and operated clubs will receive an extra $1,500 for show in gas and travel cash for all headliners and openers on top of nightly performance compensation. Reads part of the On the Road Again website. <clears throat> Another perk. Clubs will charge no merchandise selling fees. This is the big one. So artists keep 10% of merch profits for each show. Live Nation is also donating $5 million to crew na- uh, Five million to Crew Nation to support. That sentence is just weird. Crews across <laughs> the industry facing unforeseen hardship. Local tour promoters, venue staff, and behind-the-scenes heroes helping shows happen will also have the opportunity to earn a bonus. Tour representatives and venue crew members um, work over 500 hours and 223 to qualify. Blah 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 blah. blah. Uh huh. Why are merch cuts such a big deal? With the cost of touring have gone up, the chance of developing artists earning money after a tour is finished be- becomes increasingly narrow. It is often not financially feasible to tour, and some artists go into it understanding they will ultimately lose a certain amount of money. Heard that story many times. With venues taking up to 20% or more of an artist's money earned through merchandise sales each night, profit margins can become smaller or even non-existent. And it goes on to talk about like, the, uh, the the drummer. So, the idea is good. I've heard of merch cuts. Um, I was actually trying to look up something. Because mm-hmm. I heard this rumor this one time. As a show promoter, I have been challenged in the past by other show promoters. Mm-hmm. One last year. we I won't get like into the details. But I was challenged by another show promoter. Because like, my show is clashing with their show. So we had a uh, very interesting conversation. Uh, yeah, I forgot about that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, this person also asked me, it's like, so who is benefiting from your show? And I brought up like a few other like details. 
One of the things I was actually trying to look up. No, not that I was trying to justify the fact that the venue should be able to take 20% of your merch sales. So if you sell a thousand bucks of merch, venue gets 20% of that. Mm-hmm. But I was also trying to look up the legality. And I'll tell you what, if you are a show promoter or if you've done multi-state shows, I have not had the chance yet to do a multi-state show kind of a thing. I've only done like my locals and my local venues and my local, like, you know, kind of like our hush-hush, basically under the table. But I do know that there are laws as far as selling merchandise and not collecting tax. Right. So what I was trying to look up in my rebuttal for like this whole thing, because and I understand what the artists are trying to do. Like you, if you sell your own product, you should absolutely be able to keep your product. And even if you did have to charge tax, you would actually charge that on top of your product. Correct. So yep. if you sold a T-shirt for $20 and you had to sell tax on that at 5%, you would charge $21 for your T-shirt. Sure. Easy game. Right, like exactly. It's very easy to figure out. Like You're, you're not going to eat the tax cost. You're going to charge that to your consumer kind of a thing. Right, exactly. But what I was trying to verify and like I actually worked really hard to try to verify this because like I know there's a couple of details I'm trying to figure out who's actually responsible for something for the product being sold in their venue is it the promoter's responsibility is it the venue's responsibility or is it indeed the individual artist's responsibility to actually uphold like all of these right, yeah. like who is going to get penalized if the state if was to crack down and be right. like that band is not collecting taxes <laughs> yeah ex- exactly not that I'm trying to defend I'm actually just trying to give a alternate perspective and kind of the devil's advocacy Right. so I present this so Live Nation is going to waive that but y'all better start getting responsible because I'm going to I'm going to say that somebody's not getting their cash Right, no, exactly. When somebody doesn't get their cash, guess what? They come after it. It's true. It's very true. Again, HMOA6PACK at gmail.com. If you're actually a promoter in like a multi state show, I would actually love to uh, hear the actual answer to that. Right, exactly, yeah. Because again, I have been challenged before. It's like, oh, so are your bands selling things at your show? And I was like, I wouldn't know anything about that. Yeah, yeah. I offer the bands the opportunity to set up a table to uh, present their uh, band and their stuff, their products. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what they do with it after that. Yep, that's <laughs> out of your hands. Bye bye. Oh well, that's really fun and dandy until the town inspector comes in and like you will be charged and penalized. I'm like, oh. And then we had a verbal fist fight. But <laughs> you call your town inspector. Still not let you send out your Christmas decoration. Because <laughs> it's stupid. <laughs> it's, really it's a holiday themed show. Really I have my own fucking decorations. What the hell are you talking about? Don't leave me alone. Uh, Christ. Alright, that's a beer review. Yep. News ended. Now record time. Hey. We're back. What's from up? that pause that you didn't know was there because it was edited violently. <laughs> We've actually so, been gone for three hours, but we did nobody so much. knows that. We did so much. We accomplished everything. Yeah, it's, it's four days later. We saved Massachusetts. It's debatable. <laughs> it's going to be more than three hours, buddy. Yeah, it can't be saved. <laughs> we tried drowning it. That don't work. <laughs> all right, so it's been a while since we all talked to y'all. So today's theme, or main event, if you will, or reason why we're here, is going to be called Something Old, Something New. 
Yeah, it's like something new, something old, but backwards. So what we're trying to do is we're going to try a couple of albums where one came from wherever the fuck we felt like. Yep. And one came from this year. Yeah. Because, by the way, you guys are making this real tough. Yeah. Just saying. There was a couple weird ones. I mean, like Stained released an album recently. They did, but I didn't listen to it. Yeah, I, it's fine. I, I, well, I, I dwelled slightly. It's been it's been it's been a tough summer. So like as far as like, I mean, I don't I don't know what I've been doing for like the last so six months. But. In in a sea of singles, it's hard to find a full album. <laughs> I'm starting to understand why you guys are putting out singles. Yeah, but it's it's funny because of like, wait, these guys released oh, it's a single. Oh no, these guys. Oh, that's a single. Or if I find a song that's like I feel like it's absolutely amazing, and then I go f- look at the rest of the album, I'm like, eh. no, that is that too. You want to go new first? Or go old first? Well, I'm going to do new first. Okay. okay. If you don't mind. Nope. I found this bin. I didn't realize how <laughs> kind of local they were because, like, I actually found them on a uh, Live Nation list and I decided to go check them out because I was uh, I was veering out. Is a band called Atlasis. Like multiple Atlas? I, I That's how I read that. <laughs> well, there's a band called Atlas, so this must be, like, more of them. Yeah, so there's two of them. Or more. Um, <laughs> they, oh god, we're awful. Um, they released an album this year called Between the Day and that I. That sounds like a band name. It's like a horsey. <laughs> sea Biscuit. <laughs> also a band name. <laughs> Is there a band called Sea Biscuit? I hope not. That's a soggy biscuit. Alright, so, all joking aside, here's what I found cool about them. So, they are. Oh my god, I'm so unprepared. Where did my information go? <clears throat> this is a Finnish band. So they're done? They are. Finnish. <laughs> that was for all the dads out there. You're welcome. Um, they had a couple of uh they had a couple of adjectives that they uh, they described their music, so like this is how I would this is what pleased me about this album. Like, I put it on. It's very atmospheric to me. Okay. There's nothing overly complicated, which is cool, because I'm getting old, and I'm starting to, like, be okay with not overly complicated. I get confused easily. Um, now, I don't have the greatest ear, necessarily, for, like, drumming, other than I work with one of the industry's finest on a re- relatively re- regular basis. My counterpart here, Mr. Anthony. Oh, I don't know about that, but that's fine. But... Trying to give you a compliment. But I, I can hear. Take... I can hear his kick drum. The, the, the actual the drumming in like these tracks, I actually find very creative. And there's a lot. Of, there's a little bit of like tr- like sneaky transition nightmare. Like so, like there's not a lot happening like with the guitarists, like kind of a thing as far as like technicality goes. But there's these little subtle things and these little subtle feel like fills and like whatnot. It's for what like. Listening it's, in the it's, c- it's groovy. It's, it's got that progressive vibe to it. Like, like listening in the car. Like like really like it's what really caught my attention. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got the ginger vibe. Like ginger's got that like jazz kind of groove. It's catchy. The metal screaming is is on par with where mm-hmm. it's supposed to be. I would. I'm not blown away by the cleans, but I do appreciate sure. the fact that like even like their softer songs on this album. 
Um, as an example, uh, Save Room. Save Room starts at a very slow feel, like very slow, like kind of, and like about like two minutes or so into the song, I was kind of like, all right, what are we doing here? And then like that even picked up and like became like heavy at the end. And I'm like, oh, okay. So like we're not just minute song. That's a long one. Yeah, it was a lot of pretty. Oh, the last song, seven, seven, some change. Um, the one thing that I will say that this band is actually like missing is you're not gonna have that one hook on like some of these tracks that you're gonna be able to relate to kind of a thing. Like this is more of a unfortunately it's more of like a background feel. Like okay. you're gonna put this thing on like while you're doing chores and not even realize that the thing's sure. like playing, but it will be pleasing and acceptable. But it was nifty. It was something different. And like I said, if you if you really kind of like just tune into like the dr- like the drum track is like what I think I, I give a lot of credit to because there's, there's a lot of cool shit going on in there. Mm. So I mean, what I've kind of gathered is the drums seem to be more in the forefront because like your guitar work is there, but it's like you said more as as atmospheric. Atmospheric. And it's, it's kind of what I feel. And yeah, so like it's just kind of like. Like the the guitars don't stand out per se. No, they no, just they just fill the back. Right. Like but it's like it's like they're they're tones. Yeah. Like they're they're playing tones. Like there's a lot of open chords. Yep. Like with tones they over got it. Some bendies kind of and thing. stuff. Yeah. Which I can get into Pinch as harmonies. long as there's like a structure behind it. Like this. so, I mean, the bass and the drum combination is like really good in this band. Yeah. It keeps it interesting because like it would have had the opportunity to get real boring. Yeah, that, no, that happens sometimes. All right. But no, these guys are cool, and like it was, it was kind of. Are they a relatively new band? Out of my wheel. Well, they had um, prior releases, uh, 2020. A lot of times it says in there. Oh, yeah, well, just says follow the 2020 Life Force, of the Life Force Records. Whoa, Portrait. Not much uh, past in their stuff. So. The third album, I mean, they, they have a little bit under their belt. So, within a few years. Okay. Not a lot of plays. Not somebody, not not a band that's been, like, out there, out yeah, there kind of 14, a thing. Yeah, 1457. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it takes a, a bit, you know. If I was doing a Smash Banana album review, out of six, I would Ooh. say 3-5. Okay. Like, that's, like, enough, right? It's enough for me to listen Half a point higher than not caring. Half a point higher than Arvia today, so good job. Alright. I took the plunge. And I've run through multiple times. Life <laughs> is but a dream by Event Sevenfold. Oh god bless you. Have you Are you okay? No. Have you listened to this at all? Nope. <clears throat> So, not, not since the uh, the sampling that we did the uh, last time we recorded an episode, which yeah. was last year. I. All right. On the scale of one to fuck off, like how experimental is it? Oh, it's experimental, but it's so it's interesting. So my my thoughts about this, and I've tried to think about this the whole time. I was listening to this on multiple rides home into work. <laughs> but if they release this album 
in a lot of these songs with like an artistic background behind it. Like you listen to these songs, they could almost be over like a silent film or like, you know, like that spans the song that kind of follows what's going on and matches up to it. Like that's the kind of vibe that I could see. Because there's moments where it's like, like the song game, um, so Mattel, second song on here. It's probably the heaviest in theory. It's got heavy riffs, but then like, then there's like these pretty moments and then it's heavy again. So like you could almost build these like, these visuals and, and make it a real concept album. It's gonna be so weird. I've, I they mean, can't possibly play this album live. Well, I mean, played most of it. I've, I've seen live stuff. Dude, this, these guys look beaten down. But I mean, I, I just feel like you could have. Well, they're on some serious strings, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. So like, you take. If you just had the, I don't want to say it's an excuse, but made it more artistic than just I did a bunch of mushrooms. I just think it would have been accepted more. You know what I mean? It almost feels like you just don't care and you're just like, I'm just going to do this because I can. But like, you know what? You actually just, when we first talked about this album, like coming out and like they kind of introduced it, it's like, oh, well, what we did was we did a whole shit ton of drugs. Right. And we sat, locked ourselves in a room and like we were going to create our masterpiece. It's like you're devaluing the whole process right now. Unfortunately, like it's. So it's like. Oh, we don't really care what you guys think. Like, we just got really high, and we thought it was funny. And it's and that's my issue with this album, because if you want to go, if you want to do a concept album, fine. Like, that doesn't bother me. But I don't know. Just have a better reason than I just I just got in the spaceship and left. I don't know. Like, oh, it's ha it's happened before. Like, fans have like put out a concept album, and it's like, okay. This is gonna be different than like what anything not, you've heard before. And it's not that the album's bad because there's a lot to each song. It's not like it's not shittily done. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's it's layered well. There's there's a lot of stuff. It's it's weird. Don't get me wrong. But there's a lot of bands that do this in the normal sense, and that's the kind of music they so, produce. You guys obviously can't hear this, but like the 20 seconds of a song that I actually just listened to, like there's actually like a like a really good like little heavy thing going that's on. That's what right I mean. Now, like, like, like it's... Good, but there was this thing that was like happening before, and like we talked about Corey Taylor in this episode. Nobody gives a shit that you think you're a genius. Right. Like. Avenge Sevenfold like sounds like they're turning to a band that like they feel like they're smarter than us. Which you know what? There have been bands like that. Like Tool has always been a band where like they think you're they're smarter than you. They, like they might be. Like um, they they would tell you it's like I'm releasing this album. It is going to test your patience. If you have the patience to listen to this album, you are a true fan of what we're trying to accomplish. And it's like I don't want to be challenged that way. I want to be entertained. I listen to music to be entertained and like mm -hmm. pleased. But, uh, but like, just yeah. the stuff that I'm hearing, like I said, like this is a band that was like turned into is like we are greater than you, and we're smarter than you. It's very interesting. I mean, like, and there's probably genius in there. They're they're really these guys are phenomenal they're guitar players. Retardedly talented. I mean, you have Sinister Gates, you have um, oh my God, Zachy Vincent, 
you know, your guitarist. I mean, you got Johnny Christ on the bass. I mean, do I? I don't really like Matt Shadows in this. I think his vocal choices are weird because I think Matt Shadows is a great vocalist. It's just how he uses it that I don't like. It's weird to explain. Well, he does that like thing that I just can't stand. Well, there's and, something about Matt. Like Matt Shadows is. I'm sorry, Matt Shadows is Matt Shadows. He's a what? He's kind of a one-trick pony. He's Correct. a one-trick pony. Um, and I mean, and the thing that still drives me crazy, I mean, they use him well in this because this, the the drumming style is extremely progressive and, and transition nightmare. But I mean, you have the drummer to oh my god, elevate? Nope, incorrect. Punk band. Bad religion. Bad religion. Thank you. Who's phenomenal? And it's just, you know, it's weird. Then he got high. Then he got then high. He got high. Then he got high. Um, some, 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 I mean, some of the songs on here, like Beautiful Morning, for some reason, this song starts louder than it should. It scared the fuck out of me. I mean, it's called Beautiful Morning, so maybe that's the point. Like, you know, wake up. Live music. Um, like, some of these songs sound like B-sides to some of Avenged Sevenfold albums, but then they just... But this beautiful morning song, I ran this through GarageBand with a metronome. It's not on time. The transitions are fucking brutal. Like, you'll follow it, and then all of a sudden... It's just fucking weird. It just throws you off, and it's very strange. Uh, yeah. You know, it's it's that it's that thing, and like you can do this with like with any like really popular artist. If this was the first thing that they ever came out with, like, would we oh, even care about them? The song G is literally Y Y Z by Rush, Part Two. <laughs> <laughs> and then was it is it ordinary? This sounds like that Firefly song. By whatever that band is. It's like I'm at like a roller skating rink in like the what 70s. The f- I, I don't. It's insane. The song Ordinary. But then, topping all off, here's four and a half minutes with the last track. Life is but a dream. All it is is not working. All it is is a piano solo to the hole. It's not working because I have bad connection, but it's all right. I, it's literally, I, I understand what, where literally you're going with this piano. and it just hurts my soul because like, like I, I go back to my, it's like, they think they're smarter than us. It's weird. We're geniuses. You guys are going to listen to this and buy it. One of those tracks is probably like on their top played songs on the fucking Spotify thing right now. Hey, right now? I'd hope not. Nope. No, that's too bad. Unfortunately, Hell of the King is still their number one hit song, and that makes me very sad. It's not that bad. It's not it's anywhere good as. It's not this piano the solo. Four, the four below <laughs> it. The four below it are eleven thousand times better than Hell of the King, but. Well, simple minds. I guess so. I guess so. But yeah, I mean... That, that's fucking weird, man. It's that's weird. Br- that's brutal. Um, I mean, if you want to smash bananas... It's not that I hated it. Give it a grape. 
give it a grape. I like, I'd prefer grapes over bananas, to be quite honest with you. I mean, you know what? I'm, I'll give it. If you smash a grape, you do get a. Like, oh, we can switch to smash grapes. We can get a glass of wine for the. Doctor. Oh, God. Yeah. I got, a, I got a fruit crusher. Fun time. That's cool. I was thinking cider and wine. Oh. I think I don't need this orange anymore. No, but now it's thing. now it's a juicer, That's right? Like a, it's yeah, thing? it's like a big, it's like a big thing. It's like a thing that you put a flavor under it and pour it into a thing. Yeah, it's like a thing. Got it. I wish I had a thing. Um, you borrow it. I I'll guess probably, I'll probably use it once. And never I open it again. <laughs> Story of my fucking life. <laughs> That's my wife. Um, Stop buying gadgets. You only use them once. Pretty much. And never use pretty them much. Again. Um, I mean, I, I guess I'll give it. I don't. It's not like again. It's not that I. It's not my taste of music. And it's not that it's bad. It's not a metal album. No. It's not even an Avenged Sevenfold album. It's them being a bunch of cockbags. I, I guess I'll give it like a two. I'm not going to hate on it. It's a green fucking banana, bro. Yeah. But, I mean, if you like that thing, go for it. I won't shit on it. It's just, it's different. And it's <laughs> weird. I get better things to shit on. <laughs> like uh. my neighbor's yard if the dog keeps shitting in mine. All right, so those are something new. Yeah, that came out this year. Yeah, we have to do better. All right. <laughs> Can't do much worse. I learned something. What'd All you right. learn? All right, throw this in there. So, in this defiance. I'm just, I'm just going to say, Marcus, I didn't pick... In, oh, in this defiance. I didn't pick a certain album because I thought... You were gonna pick this album, but I I thought for sure you were gonna pick the In Flames album. I feel like I already covered it this year. Did you? I feel like I did. I don't remember. My my memory is bad. We I, haven't done I, this in like four months. I understand. So. I feel like we covered the uh, the In Flames album. No. I also suffer from CRS. So. Yep. So, uh, for our purposes, go ahead and skip the intro. And just go right to waiting. But I want to listen. Why is the intro longer than the first song? And the second song? Well, that's like the thing. Like, yeah, there's, there's not a lot going on with the intro. It's a lot, it's a lot of mood music. So there's is a this couple. tree? Funny you say that. <laughs> this sounds like tree. So like the something old, something new kind of a thing. I decided to go all the way back to 1997. Now, back in the day. Like, my life was basically, like, I was, like, one of those skater dudes that, like, listened to, like, metal and punk, and I was never a wicked hardcore guy, but there was, like, this evolution of hardcore that happened, like, when they started to go straight edge. Okay. That I found very aesthetically pleasing, and something really funny happened, like, when I re-looked up this album, because uh, this album in my opinion is in my opinion is the greatest hardcore album probably ever in a band that's not overly well known it's a band called Strife okay that, I've heard it that, I'm pretty sure I've heard of that before when I looked up this band when I looked up <laughs> this album though a playlist came on my Spotify and it said classic hardcore and I was like what? Is that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> sure is, buddy. Classic fucking hardcore? It sure is. Is that a thing? Uh-huh. But this is why this is fun. 
So waiting, and probably more importantly, like the uh, the third track in this album is a song called "Force of Change." Okay. Which. So. It's not overly loud. It's not overly complicated, but it's fast. It's quick, and it's fun. Nothing wrong with that. And it's got good energy, and I could listen to this album, like, track one to track finale, and just ride around on a skateboard (laughs) and start cruising fucking ramps and, like, hitting fucking rails and smoking weed, even though they're straight edge. (laughs) Yeah, let me... (laughs) Although I did yeah, learn, yeah. like so, sometimes the straight edge guys, like they'll they'll do a little bit of the puff puff, and like maybe they're just sober. Which I would tell some of the straight edge people, like based on their <laughs> mosh pits, like you should probably chill out, like just probably a smidge. Yep. But I've never had a reason to talk about strife in like my early childhood, and like actually like bring this up. But in this defiance is probably like was one of my favorite favorite albums from the nineties. Okay. Like. If, if we had play counts like back then, like 25 cents a play or whatever they used to get, I probably made these people rich. Okay. And Strife, fun fact, I believe it was the album called One Truth, actually has, um, there's a song called Slipping, and it might to this day be my favorite, like, kind of slow song. Okay. Like, there's actual singing, there's an actual, like... It's it's a beautiful song and like if you actually listen to it and like once you like learn the words it's like that it's just amazing. Slipping, I think it's called. And that's off of wait, uh, One Truth. Is that the album or the band? Sorry. It's Strife. Album's One Truth. So many. <laughs> How is it? You know what's funny about Stripe is that like they only had like probably like three or four albums, but they did like all these like mashup albums. Like they did a couple of live ones and yeah, there we go. It's not loading. I'm sorry. That's my fault. My computer's fault. Oh, that's pretty. It's actually a really great soul song. And. You listen to In This Defiance because In This Defiance is pretty much that speed. Mm-hmm. And then, like, this is this. <laughs> like, right, right, right. Yeah, it's, it's a little a bit of a so jump. Huh? It was like, it was like a, it was a hardcore band that, like, took themselves seriously. Sure. It's like, we can play if we want to. But we don't have to. But no, they're we great. Can. They're good energy and they have some of, the, like, the most fun, simple riffs. Like, Force of Change is, like, if, if I had to, like, I think we did the island thing one time, and I might have left them out, but that was a mistake on my part. Because force <laughs> to change, like, should probably be there. Right. Sure. In my opinion. Plus, it's only two minutes of your life. Yeah, you're not like. Fully you can play committed. like you can play it like three times. You match the modern song, and you enjoyed it the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Nothing wrong with that. So that's All it. Right. Strife in this in this defiance. Okay. Smash banana, fucking five. Five, baby. Five. five. Wow. Not perfect, but it's a five. Okay. See, so, yeah. See, so, so you went real old. I didn't go real old. 1997. Does that make me a bad person? I don't know. I feel like I got to go older than that. Than what I had, because my old is not that old at all. You have to go old at all. It was supposed to just be not, what not you, this year. Yeah. But it was the only time I had a reason to talk about it. 
Okay. I suppose it's it's at that time that we fair. did like the best song of like every year. I don't think I brought them up then either. No, I mean they're, they're a little more. What's the word? Off the beaten path. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Thing is, is I feel like a lot of the the my older stuff that I used to listen to, I've already talked about. So like, does that make any sense? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And that I never talked about strife before. Like mm-hmm. strife, 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 strife. strife, strife. strife. I mean, I, I, there's plenty of albums that, you know, that I could go old with, but it, it's all, like, stuff that people have already heard and they know enough about that I don't need to bring it back into it. Been that or Asylum, Asylum of the Human Predator by Hell Within, mm. who is a lo- local, local. Not shit, no. Interesting. That's okay. actually, that's, that's a great. Oh, what a good album. I almost did uh, the first Smash Mouth album, but I've already... And nobody wants to hear me do that again because that would be sick. Oh my god, copyright! I don't care. Listen to it. <laughs> I don't Listen care. Listen to it! Take it! I don't care. Ah, one of the <laughs> greatest openings ever. Uh, Alright, alright. They're not going to sue me. They're not playing anymore. I don't think it's them that would sue you. Wouldn't it just be like someone else? In theory. Yeah, at the end of the day, sue us for what? I, I got it. I, I, I got it. But you, it's, it's not you, a metal band. Are you changing? Nope. You're changing, aren't I'm you? Not changing. How dare you? I feel bad. How dare you? Why do you feel bad? I feel like... I feel like... I found a reason to talk about my boys. Yeah. That's cool. Boys that, are cool to talk about. That was kind of weird. I was like just like riding around on a skateboard. <laughs> I found a skateboard. It was one of those long boards. Mm, long boards are weird. Yeah, we didn't have long boards back in the day, kids. We had we had skateboards. Yeah. We used to hit stuff with the curbs and <laughs> like the things you're not supposed to. Cars. Yeah. <laughs> Trucks. Buses. All right. Nope. See, see my my brain. I found one. You ready for this? I uh, see so you deflected. I didn't deflect. I rerouted like my fucking GPS, okay? Rerouting. <laughs> Can I digress for one quick second? I'll make it real quick. So, years ago, when uh, GPS first became a thing, like, yeah, I had to buy the thing. And, like, it was like a little cube. We're in Florida, and my father was driving the car, and he thought rerouting was a good thing. <laughs> oh, no. That's. So, like, no, Dad, you're supposed to look at the that's picture. That's bad. Like, when it tells you to turn right, you're supposed to make that right. So when you go straight, it says rerouting. It's like, oh, I thought rerouting was, like, just it, like... Nope, that means you missed your stop. And it was like, that was the stupidest thing I think I've ever heard anybody say. (laughs) Why the fuck would rerouting be good? We're trying to get to a a certain location. Yeah. What's funny is we had two cars following each other, and the other one's, like, trying to call. It's like, where are you going? The GPS wants to go that way. So, it was an issue. That's fun. All right. Fun digression over. All right. So, I'm not rerouting. This is what I picked before anything. You can't tell me any differently. I'm going to take credit for it. Anyway. um, So, this actually works works nicely because Marcus's background is more on the punk side of things. Um, I was a weird kid. I mean, so, I, I didn't... Stripe the gyroscope. <laughs> well, it's the thing. Like, I didn't start with heavy music. 
I started, I mean, like, I grew up with, like, I'm not going to call it, it's kind of punk, but not really. But, you know, like, that emo scene, like, that's the scene I grew up with. Like, and then, you know, like, Bullet and stuff like that. So it was never, like, heavy. Like, it was just, metalcore was kind of, like, the drive of things. But um, even before I got into that, you know, like, Green Day and shit, like, Smash Mouth, the old Smash Mouth, you know, um, those are more of my thing. So I came across this band called Amber Pacific. Um, as starting as a drummer, the the drum work in this is some of like the best that I've heard, and especially back then, it was such like a like a different take for me. Because I mean, if you want an example, these guys are very similar to kind of like a, a red jumpsuit apparatus, I guess, a Blink ish kind of thing right is that kind of the, the, the vibe you get out of it mm-hmm. um they're not heavy by any means which is weird because the song falling away it literally starts off with like a breakdown and this is falling away was the first one i heard and um again the the drums it's it's all very good the, the whole album the album that i have here is called uh the possibility and the promise uh 2008 so it was, it was quite quite a while ago. Um, again, the whole album's great. It's fast, it's catchy, it's got a bunch of hooks in it. Um, yeah, I mean, Ocean Eleven, baby. They're Ocean, one good song. Ocean Eleven? Oh, that was the song. What was the band? <laughs> Shit. Um, um, no, Ocean Eleven. What? No. You're thinking of uh, the guys with the fiddles, right? I might have had a. No, I might have had a stroke there. <laughs> Ocean Avenue? Ocean, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Blades and Sound, Yellow Card. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I suppose it's, it's a similar band, too. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you if you want some, some of that genre of stuff with some of the best drumming and most creative drumming, uh, this would be... It's funny because it almost feels like it doesn't fit sometimes because it's so complicated. And a lot of it. Yeah, but drummers back then were like in this, sty- especially in this style, where like we're so good. Yeah. They basically what made the made the music because, yep. like, let's let's call it what it is. I mean, the guitarist is just playing like a little bit of a power chord and yep. like a couple of, like you know muted like strum, and then you just have like some squeaky dude like doing some vocals, man. That's. Um, oddly enough, I so I actually I I did a little research on. Because I like to see where people go now. And he's actually the drummer for Scott Stapp at the moment, which is super weird and random. But yeah. Fun fact. Creed might be coming back. Oh, I heard that. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't know they played the Super Bowl one year. That was new to me. The Super Bowl Super Bowl? I'm pretty sure. They were at a halftime show. It was weird. Is so like a side thing? I, I don't maybe, recall. Maybe. I don't either. I've watched a lot but, of Super Bowls but I've, in my life. But I've seen, I was watching, I was like, did they have that thing? A lot of Super Bowls in my life. I, mean, I don't know. There was no connection to the video, so Could have been know. like, not, when, when did Creed start? start? Like, uh, it would have had to be like in the 90s. Nine, yeah. It would have been like 98, 99. Something like that, yeah. But even then, I was like, uh, it was younger. They were very young in the, in the video. It was probably like the, was it, was it like MTV's version of the Super Bowl? Maybe, I don't know. Like they had like their thing. It's like, oh, tune into us for the Maybe. <laughs> Super Bowl uh. halftime. Um, yeah. I definitely hear you. Like, the, like, the, 
the drummer and rhythm section in, the, in this music is, are the most talented people in these bands because like you, like almost like you're like you're kind of like your caretakers like your guitarist so you're just like kind of like you're like you're hold the you're hold the phone people <laughs> <laughs> yeah they just just keep it going they're We're just out there to like fill the song and like bounce around and yep. look exciting which I used to appreciate that back then too, because like I didn't need anything overly complicated. But at the same time, I mean, I could go, I could do like a half, like half a day on this stuff, and then I'd be like old school, like in flames, like right, yeah, exactly. Or they had like eight guitarists. Yep, yep. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd probably match you on, on the five for this album. It all depends what the weed was telling me that day. <laughs> that too. Gotta All right, listen. so that yeah. is something old, something new. We talked a w- hell of a lot longer than I thought we were going to get this, out um, of this. This album makes me think of RuneScape, which is weird. Way back when. All right, one quick self-promoting commercial. If you are a Massachusetts, New Hampshire, New England resident, December 12th, we will have the third annual Holy Effin' Metal holiday party. You're looking at me weird. Continue. Last, last year was two. Because year one, it was. Um, well, the twelfth this year is a Tuesday. Is a, is a Tuesday. December second yeah. is the Christmas show that you told me. Did I say twelfth? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm apparently. <laughs> I just I want to make sure that I'm gonna be. I don't, I don't recall saying a date yet, but that's fine. Yeah. Um, December 2nd. There we go. Two. Saturday. That makes more sense. I'm like, 12th of Tuesday. All right, it's only it's an Eagles Hall, but you know what? It's the, be- it's the best fucking Eagles Hall in the effing world because it's got a cool-ass stage, a great room, and we can fit like 500 people in there. And we have some old friends like actually come to hang out with us. Like The guys in Moon Tomb are going to play. Our wicked old friends who are actually back together playing music. I saw it. Not in person, but I saw pictures. Like they're back live. Frenemy is coming back, and we're gonna do something a little bit different this year. Instead of just doing all original acts, we are bringing New England's absolute best tribute to System of a Down, just to make everybody like all happy. And then um, Prelium will be there, and Fate of the Damned. It's gonna be a fucking crazy, crazy night. And it's all in support. Dave is not with us this evening, but it's all in support of the Minus 22 Foundation. Check our social medias for information very soon. Yep. That's it. Cool. Aside from that, we are the only place that you can get your national, international, local beer reviews and music and a whole bunch of other nonsense and digressions like nobody would believe. Dave still does that way better than both of us. He's very and good at that. He is. That's why That's we have We got to record that so I can just throw that in randomly. That's more fun if we try to cattywampusly attack Yo, from we all angles. We have, to, we, have to train my, we have to change our outro track to stop saying potomatic because we haven't been potomatic <laughs> for like... We can do that too. Yeah. Probably. That's probably important. That's fine. Ah, whatever. Legalities, schmegalities. Yeah. We're not paying for them anymore, so who cares? Shay. Well, but anyway, we appreciate you. We hope you appreciate us. Email uh, HMOA at uh, HMOA six pack at gmail.com. Give us your feedback and, you know, you interact with us. Sometimes we make fun of you on, on the show. 
Follow us on yep. the social medias. Yep. Um, we have a YouTube that there's some stuff up there. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll start doing that again. And shows and yeah. Hey, we're coming back. We got some shit going. We got stuff, things, and other things. Yeah, we're gonna stop adulting and just start goofing off with you guys again. Yep. That'd be that'd be fine. That'd be sweet. Absolutely fine with me. Yes. That's right. As I get older, the more stupid shit I do. Like podcasts and band. I would never do this 10 years ago. Yeah, when I was 21, I was way responsible. Too busy getting... Not working still. Yeah, I bought my house early, so... Mm. We've made some choices, though. Anyway. Bunch of fucking dopes. Yeah, whatever. America, America, right? Good seeing you all again. Or hearing you. Talk to you soon. visualizing. Anyway, bye. I see you. Marcus, Dave, and Anthony signing off. Check out the podcast at hmoa6pack.automatic.net. Email hmoa6pack at gmail.com. Like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.